Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, everybody. It's Dave here, Darren over there, and we're finally on. Took a couple seconds to get everything squared away, but we are here with your Vikings pregame show. Today, the Minnesota Vikings play the Denver Broncos tonight in the final preseason game of the season. We have three themes to go over in this show. First one, does Mond have a future with the Minnesota Vikings? Well, tonight, part of that will be determined. We shall see. As I'm used to saying, second <laughs> theme, Darren and I are going to reveal our final 53-man rosters. Most of it's the same. Most of it's the same probably with you too. But can you see the differences? Can you catch the differences? We will find out. And then we will be looking at the Broncos game specifically as to which bubble players need to step up their game if they want a chance to make this team. Climb in the pocket, Dave Norseman and Lake Monster Brewing presents Two Old Bloggers. Hey, everybody, it's Dave here again, Darren over there. How's everything up in the great white north there, Darren? Nice today, David. Had a tennis lesson this morning. Uh, nice and sunny, 20 degrees Celsius. Actually, pretty nice late August day here. So everything's good. Vikings play tonight. That's even better. Mm -hmm. uh, even if it's all going to be backups and backups of backups. But uh, it's Vikings football, and I'm happy about that. That's right. And with tennis, as we learned, it helps you with your throwing motion. <laughs> that is right. That's what we've been told. That's what Kirk is telling us anyway. And Yep. Well, in case we need a backup QB at some point in time, we should yep. find out. All right. To get this day started, first off, I want to say scold everyone that's on the chat already. Joseph, Mary, Drewster, Raymond. It's good to see you, buddy. And, uh, Hopefully more will be joining us. I already see that there's 15 watching. Go ahead, like, subscribe, ring that damn bell. Uh, listen and review us. You know, follow along. It should be a fun show. So let's get this one started. We are talking about playing for Vikings careers because that's what players have to do today. If they want a chance to make this team, and to continue their football dreams. 
Yeah. They certainly do. Let's start. Theme one. All right. Here, you wanted to talk about Vikings got their backup quarterback this week. They did, David. Uh, I think at some point on August the 20th, when the Vikings were playing the 49ers, Quasi Adolfo Mensa and uh, and, and Kevin O'Connell realized that Kellen Mond and Sean Mannion, they didn't have their, we're not going to get it done, that they did not have their backup quarterback on the roster currently. And uh, it was even more clear in O'Connell's presser uh, earlier this week. He got specifically asked this question by one of the, late in that presser. Uh, the question was, are you comfortable with your backup quarterback position or could it be a possibility where you look beyond these guys and look at options? And it, what was interesting about that was that O'Connell did not shoot down that question at all. He gave a, a long answer. Part of it is up there. And, and, uh, and you know, the, the real key one was he, even though he said uh, – <clears throat> The competition is going to go down to the very end, end here. That does not mean that it always just stays the same. Sometimes we may feel the need to add a player at a position, not just quarterback, just to try to maximize what we're going to be this year as a football team. And, you know, shortly after that, we learned that the Vikings traded for Nick Mullins from the Raiders for a conditional seventh round pick. And, we got our backup quarterback. There's Nick up there. And so, uh, you know, first thing, I think you got a kudos to Quasi Adolfo Mensa for recognizing as late as it may have been that, that you know, we, we just couldn't go into the year with either Mannion or Mond as the backup quarterback. We just couldn't. And so he did something quickly about it, make it made a decisive decision and traded for Nick Mullins. Um I like the acquisition of Mullins. He's young, but has been in the league four years now. He he didn't cost us much. He's not very expensive. And you you look at him, he's, he's got a career. He started eight games in 2018, another eight in 2020. He's got 17 career starts. So he's got a, you know, a fair body of work for a young guy. A career 64.6 completion percentage. Um, he makes quick decisions with the ball. He can get the ball out quickly. He can make the short and intermediate throws uh, with accuracy. Uh, the longer, more difficult throws is where he struggles more, and that's why he's been a backup in the league because he doesn't have that elite arm talent uh, that the other guys have. Um, you know, he's, he's not a scrambler at all, very few rushing yards in his career, but he's not immobile. He's just – he throws – he throws the ball. He's not a scrambler, uh, not Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, but he's not like a statue back there. Um, you, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to throw out a couple of, of his starts that Mullins had in the past. And uh, just as a, a couple of stats there in 2018 and the 2014 win over Denver, he had a stat line of 20 for 33, 332 passing yards, two TD passes, one interception. And in 2020, he had in a 36 to nine win over the Giants. He went 25 for 36, 343 passing yards, one TD, zero interceptions. Now Mullins has had uh, uh, other games in his career which were poorer than that. He hasn't consistently put up those stats, but the point is he is capable of those kind of stats. And Mannion is not capable of that. 
And Mond at this stage in his career is not capable of that. So Mullins, hey, uh, again, not an elite quarterback, but I, I feel that he's a guy that if, you know, if Kirk Cousins misses a game because he gets COVID again, or he has a, like a minor injury that keeps him out for a game or two or three, we hope that doesn't happen. Mullins is a guy that can go in there and he can keep the Vikings afloat, especially with the offensive talent that he has on this team, because this is the best offensive talent skill players that he has ever had in his to work with in his career, I believe. So, uh, you know, I, I like this move. Um, I would be interested to hear your thoughts on it, David, as well. Uh, I think grabbing Nick Mullins was a fabulous idea that, uh, not one of the guys we identified as an option a couple of weeks ago, but no, it wasn't. I didn't, I didn't even consider him being available. He was number three on the Raiders' depth chart, and we probably should have. But, yes, if you look at those 17 games start, that's a full season, right? He only won four or five of them, five of them, I think it was. That's right, yeah. Five and 12 is a start. Right, but there was some of those other starters were late-minute starts, right, where it was just at the, hey, you're starting now, get in here, right, where he didn't have the prep time. I think he has the ability to be a good backup QB. I comped him earlier in the week to uh, Case Keenum at this point of the season in 2017, right? Case Keenum was the backup. He was back, going to be the backup. That was the deal. We had Sam Bradford was going to start. Everything was going to go great, right? And Case Keenum was back there. We knew Case was Case had some issues, right? Before and since 2017, 2017 was his golden horseshoe uh, season. But but he has that sort of ability. He can move in the pocket. He's not a statue, right? And he's good in the short and intermediate range game, which if he had to play, you know Kevin O'Connell can dial back a little bit on deep stuff and – and make that work. I like that. I like that a lot, whole lot better than Mond or Mannion, the prospect of those two, um, either one of them, going in and having to win a game. Now, could he win half his games? Maybe. Yeah, I think that could happen. Whereas I don't believe that's the case if they had to bring in Mond or Mannion. So I think it is a very, very good move on their part. It's cheap. It's inexpensive. We're only talking a seventh rounder in 2024 draft, which is almost nothing. He's only counting about 1.4 million against the cap, right? We'll recoup some of that if we get rid of Mannion or Mod or both. And I think it, I think it's a brilliant move. I like it a lot. I think at this point, David, uh, it, I think it's fair to uh, single. I think to uh, single out Quasi Adolfo Mensa and mm-hmm. O'Connell for a bit of criticism here on how they handled this backup quarterback situation because we knew into the off season that there was questions about okay, who is the Vikings? backup quarterback do they have a capable backup quarterback and they decided to re-sign Mannion and have him compete with Mon for the backup quarterback position and uh, I like I uh, 
I really, you know, was how, what were they seeing in OTAs and the mini camps? Uh, was it apparent then that uh, there was trouble brewing with our backup quarterback position? You know, maybe it was just, uh, could they have made the, made this move earlier? I guess the one point is maybe the Raiders and other teams wouldn't be willing to give up a backup quarterback option at this point because they weren't sure where things were going to slide either. But um, the, you know, I may, and maybe Quasi Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell, maybe it's hard to tell in, in OTAs and minicamp until they play in a real live game situation, even if it's preseason. Maybe it was hard to tell just how bad these two would look in a game until we saw it. So maybe that was the reason why they were late. But it, this is something I've been thinking about as, as they acquired Mullins was like, you know, now Mullins is coming in really late. Uh, he's got to learn the playbook. If something happens to Cousins or in the first couple of weeks, is he going to be ready to take the full, uh, you know, be able to, are they going to be able to give him the the full, full load, the full offense? Uh, And that's worst case scenario. But that was something I thought about. And and Drew talked about what do you do with Mon now? We're going to get into that right now and and a little bit later on. But I I think that, uh, you know, this is a, this is a, it's again, another fair question is what is Kellen Mon's future with the team? Third round draft pick, I believe, is the first pick or the second pick in the third round, so quite high. Um, and uh, he, I feel that uh, that he definitely has improved compared to last year. Uh, he looks like a much better quarterback than he did last year. And you also have to take into account that really in his rookie year, it appears that he, he got very little coaching up or development in his rookie year. So really well, this he came year in almost, with COVID lost 25 yeah. pounds, never regained his strength. The whole, yeah. all of that plays into, has he, as Drew's point, has he made enough steps to where it would be wise for the Vikings to keep him? And we'll yes. get into that in theme two, starting now. <laughs> Here in Theme 2, Darren and I decided to project our 53-man rosters. We did have a few disagreements on who would go where. But let's start off at the beginning. As Darren arranged it, he wanted to start non-controversial on the defensive side. So (laughs) we'll start with what I call the interior defensive linemen. On the right of these graphics, you will see the green bar. The green bar means that Darren and I agreed on, in this case, six players making the squad as interior defensive linemen. We The Vikings may bust it up by nose tackle and defensive end, We're just going to stick with interior defensive linemen because most of them, just like on the interior offensive line, can be shuffled around and moved in different spots. And here we've got, as at the beginning of the season, we're looking at Dalvin Tomlinson, Harrison Phillips, Narvon Watts as your penciled-in starters. We both agree that T.Y. McGill has done enough to make this team. James Lynch and Jonathan Bullard have also done that. That gray box next to Aceze, you had him as a maybe. Why? 
Well, I think either him or Bullard could be like a either or at this point. But I, I think that uh, Zizi Otomoeo is uh, going to go on the practice squad if he doesn't make the team. And I, I, I don't think he's going to make the team unless he has a, like a huge game tonight. But uh, T.Y. McGill has been really the only in uh, backup interior defensive lineman who's really stood out the, the first two preseason games in my view the rest of the guys haven't really done a whole lot but uh, so he's he's a lock to make the team I feel uh, James Lynch I think makes the team because he's a he's only he's in only in his third year he's a veteran but he's in only in his third year and he, I believe he has room to grow uh, Jonathan Bullard's a guy that O'Connell and Odofo Mensa brought in specifically as a free agent, a late addition. Uh, he's been playing a lot during preseason, and he's made some, you know, created some interior pressure. Uh, and I think that they like him and they like his veteran presence. And, you know, uh, and like, unfortunately for Jalen Twyman, a feel good story, but he just, I haven't seen him doing enough in the first two games to warrant um, a, a spot on the roster. And the same with the, the fifth rounder, Azizi uh, Otomomoeo. I don't think he's done enough, but I think both of those guys with the expanded practice squad rosters uh, probably uh, will be put on the practice squad unless some other team scoops them up which i don't think would be the case but uh, that's how i look at it Uh, david i don't know what your views on it oh i agree um bullard's done pretty decent uh he surprised me i thought he was just a guy he's a little bit more than just a guy james lynch is james lynch he still continues to show that he has that motor and deserves to be there and ty mcgill's just been knocking it out of the park yeah so um we agree there's six. Uh, Coach Donatel has always kept six in his system of interior defensive linemen. We agree on these, so we're good to go. Next one up is outside linebackers, or in this case, our edge rushers. It looks like you and I agree on this one, too. Yes, indeed. There's no debate on who the starters will be. Nope. And I think... Uh, Patrick Jones has really, uh, you know, I think he's made some great strides in this uh, this second year and during the preseason has been creating consistent, pretty consistent pressure when he's played and he's played a lot in the preseason. I think that he'd be the first guy uh, to give uh, Smith or Hunter a blow or if uh, God forbid one of them has to miss a game or two with injuries, he'd be the guy that would go in there right now. DJ Wanham has just been okay. Uh, kind of like how he plays in the regular season too, but he had eight sacks last year, so he's sticking with the team. Uh, and then uh, the other three, Luigi Villain, uh, I think that he's he picked up a fumble last week, which was this kind of a splash play. He didn't make the play, but he, he was there. He's created a little bit of pressure here and there. Uh, hasn't been playing a ton, but when he has – he hasn't been invisible. I think that he's going to be a guy that they put in the practice squad and try to uh, uh, develop him. Janarius Robertson Robinson has been brutal, and uh, I think he gets cut. Uh, and Zach McLeod has been a guy who's been, you know, a meh. And uh, he's a rookie. He, and, he, he, yeah. As Tyler Forner says, he has um, he has elements that are worthy of developing, but they're not there yet. So yeah. Our next group is the inside linebackers. And we agree yes. on four out of the five. I have four yeah. selected and you have five. I do. Uh, and uh, 
the uh, again with just about every position on the Vikings, we might have mentioned this earlier, is that uh, the starters are almost set except at right guard and at. Um, at the safety position, but I think even that's set right now. Well, I think uh, I think they're both set right now. But yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, so uh, again, it's really the bottom, the backups. That's where all the intrigue is for who's going to make the team and who is not on the Vikings. And uh, Brian Asamoah is a lock to make this team, uh, high third round draft pick, and he's made plays during the preseason so far, and I and he's shown that he's got you know he's got something. There's something mm-hmm. about this guy that the speed, made, the reaction, the, speed, the reaction, the attitude. Uh, that, I, yeah. We love it. Yeah. Uh, that uh, maybe we won't see a lot of it in year, year one, but I believe beyond year one, Brian Asimo is going to be in a very important player for the Vikings defense going forward, as people like to say. Blake Lynch, I think, is going to make the team. I think he's a better player than Troy Dye. I actually like, I've always liked Blake Lynch. He makes plays. <laughs> That's what you want to see. A little undersized, maybe, but he makes plays. Uh, I don't know why he doesn't play more than he, than he has in the past. Uh, I got Troy Dye making the team just because of the O'Connell, uh, Donatel, and that team—they—they—they've they, been playing him a lot in preseason, and they seem to like him. He was actually listed initially as the backup for mm-hmm. for Kendricks. He I was. think he might still be on the depth chart. Uh, I don't see it. I don't think he's done anything with the snaps that he's been given, and that's been considerable during preseason. But I just think that they like him, and he plays a lot of special teams. So I think that he makes the team for some reasons that I don't agree with, but that—but uh, I think he's going to make the team. You may be right. Uh, Mary Chazerat not making the team. No. You see that uh, Mary says, can't wait to see Hunter and Hicks together. Uh, Hunter and Smith, I agree on uh, the outside, and I can't wait to see Kendricks and Hicks work together on the inside. It should be – you take those four, and we've got a good starting group of linebackers. You're just going to have to wait till September 11th to see it. Yes. <laughs> Next on, our cornerbacks. Believe it or not, we all agreed. We have uh, both selected six cornerbacks to make the team. And really the only ish, uh, question here is who's going to be the sixth cornerback that the Vikings keep, I think. And I've got Chris Boyd making the team. Uh, Caleb Evans is a lock fourth rounder. Andrew Booth Jr. is a lock uh, you know, second rounder. And uh, Caleb Evans with his strong showing in last week's game against the 49ers. I think that you know if he really struggled, you might think, oh, maybe he's a practice squad candidate. But, but no, he's making the team. Uh, and uh, I think that Chris Boyd is going get to get it over Harrison and Perry Nickerson because he's a core special special team player and uh, when and he, he does get the flashed chance at corner that's right he has flashed at corner when he has played at times the problem with Chris Boyd is along with that uh, is that he's a little handsy a little likes to get his hands a little bit too much on guys he hasn't gotten rid of that from his college days and the other thing is that sometimes he lets his emotions take over and he does dumb shit like last year against Pittsburgh when he did the old whatever he did over the guy he, he made a great play then celebrates right over the guy's uh, face and gets mm-hmm. a 15-year penalty that ex- extends the drive and helped the Steelers get back in the game so it wasn't he uh, on the fake punt well yeah he was the one that moved early yeah because uh, he got uh, excited that years. nobody was covering him and he got all excited and moved early on a play that would have been brilliant yes yeah. 
he gets a little emotional at times. Hopefully he reigns that in. Thank you, Drew, for the compliment. Uh, it should be interesting tonight because we know Andrew Booth is out with his ankle injury. So Chris Boyd and uh, Caleb Evans should get quite a showing when it comes to tonight. They will be playing. They'll be busy. So will Perry Nickerson and Ty Smith, who just got brought back for this game, and then will be quickly cut after this game. Again. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yes, he will learn from his mistakes, Mary. That's what comes with age. Hopefully we all learn. All right, when it comes down to safeties, we both agree on four safeties, keeping four safeties, and the same safeties. Yeah, Lewis seen the backup right now to Cameron Bynum. For how long that remains, it remains to be seen. But uh, Lou has been, I think, pretty quiet so far in preseason, and uh, but that's Part of the part of playing safety, you're far back from where all the action is sometimes, and if if the play doesn't come your way, you, you don't get your name doesn't get called a whole lot. Uh, so I don't think it's a knock on scene that he's had a quiet preseason, but that's just the way it's been. But uh, right now he looks like the backup, but he'll. Uh, there's again, we still don't know how much of these three safety looks that Ed Donatel is going to throw out. Uh, in which case, we'll Lewis see seen and Cam Bynum. Yeah, we'll see seen quite a bit, I think. Uh, Josh Metellus is the other, is the, the, the fourth guy. I don't love having Metellus on the team. However, Miles Dorn and Mike and rookie Mike Brown really haven't done anything to, to take Metellus's job. And Metellus, like Chris Boyd, is a, been a core special teams guy, has value there. That's why he's going to stick on this team, and the Ed Dolantel will hope that he doesn't have to put Metellus in an actual game playing safety. I agree there, and uh, the deal with Seam, we're hearing that he's a little bit slow to process what he's seeing and get going at this level, but he keeps getting faster and faster um, with every practice. So eventually, I suspect we will see more and more and a rotation, and God forbid if anybody gets hurt. So, <laughs> and Drew says Miles Dorn has made the team every year since 1994. It does seem that he's hung around quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> well, that's that your true. defense. Now, was anybody paying attention? How many players did Darren select, and how many players did I select? We'll let that go as we move on to the offense. Our tackles. We'll start with the offensive line. We got our tackles. We have bookend tackles. Everything's looking absolutely fantastic in the fact that uh, Christian Derrissaw is being compared with the potential of a a future Hall of Famer. And uh, we know Brian O'Neill is outstanding and made the Pro Bowl as a right tackle, probably will continue to do so. We both selected Blake Brandle. And uh, for some reason, I believe you selected Oliudo, and I didn't mark that. I, I didn't select Oliudo. Oh, Oli you didn't Udo. select Oliudo. No, I didn't. So, no. each of us selected three tackles listed as tackles. But like I said, on the defensive, or on the defensive interior line side, on the offensive, you get interior linemen. There's one in particular that can easily play tackle if need be, and we'll get to that. Yeah. First part of that interior offensive line, we're going to talk guards, right? 
Both you and I have agreed that Ezra Cleveland, Ed Ingram, and Jesse Davis make the team. I have Ezra, obviously, as a starter. I've already penciled in Ed Ingram as the starter over Chris Reed or Jesse Davis. Whoever, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think I guess it's possible because Ingram's game against the 49ers wasn't quite as good as his game had been the week before uh, against the Raiders. But I, I, I think that maybe if, um, uh, you know, if Ingram really stinks it up tonight, and I don't think he will, that maybe that might change the Vikings' mind. But I, I don't think so. I think Ingram is in there with Jesse Davis being the backup. I would like the Vikings to keep Kyle Hinton, but. Uh, I feel that he's come along, but I don't really see a spot for him here with. with well, and else. that's Hinton for me is on that edge too. Drew, you talk about Vidarian Low. I suspect they're going to try to squirt him onto the practice squad. Yes, and you're right. Uh, Wes Phillips did mention him specifically uh, mm-hmm. in his presser this week, uh, and, and uh, but I, I think he's a long shot to <laughs> to make the team, um, particularly because I yeah I I think that they only go, they're only going to keep one swing tackle, and uh, and that swing tackle is going to be Blake Brandle for now. Um, there's always cuts that happen and the Vikings could add a guy from another team on a spot that they think is weak here as far as the reserves go. And that stuff mm-hmm. always happens every year, but this is who we see. This is how we see it so far with who the Vikings actually have on the team right now. Right. And as of the other parts of the interior offensive line, we have Garrett Bradbury listed as starting center. I have Chris Reed here as being making the team. However, he's been hurt for the last two plus weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see if we see him tonight. And there is Austin Schlotman, who's making a name for himself so far. And Josh Sokol, who the rookie may be coming up and being groomed. And between the guards and the centers, you've got guys that back up you know, I got Chris Reed here as a center, but he's also a backup as a guard. You have Jesse Davis as a guard, but he, we know he can play tackle competently as well. So there can be movement here. We agree on the three here. What do you think of Josh Sokol's chances of making the practice squad? I think a they're very good. I think he will be on the practice squad. The, the, I can't remember the last time the Vikings had a, a practice squad in recent years where they didn't have a center on it. And uh, I, I believe Josh Sokol is going to be that guy uh, when they announce the practice squad. He ain't going to make the team. He ain't going to make the final 53, but he is going to be on the practice squad. And uh, un- again, unless uh, they add somebody else <laughs> from another team that gets cut and put them on the practice squad. But um you know that the, the the teams get comfortable if they feel that they they've been working with a guy for several months and they feel that he's got potential if they keep on working with him on the practice squad uh, they usually like to keep those guys around as opposed to bringing in a bunch of new people from other systems and other teams mm-hmm. now that moves us to the outside when we're starting to get into skill positions we have tight end we only have one listed as a starter that's Irv Smith. He should be ready for game one. He's already started to practice with the team. I can almost guarantee you 100% they will not play him tonight. Uh, They will give that thumb at least two more weeks of normal protected practice before they put him out in 
you know, live gunfire. So we have Irv Smith, Johnny Munt is number two, and Ben Ellison is number three. We agree there. Yeah, I think uh, O'Connell specifically mentioned Ben Ellison today in his, uh, not today, but this week in the, his press uh, conference and talking about he liked his versatility, he praised his blocking ability, and uh, for Zach Davidson, he just, you know, he made a couple of costly, costly drops last week against the 49ers, and they weren't, one of them was like, would have been gone for a big, big gain, yeah. and he just Probably dropped it. Yeah. yeah, and you could, you just can't drop passes like that and expect him to make the NFL. And, uh, and uh, so I, I, you know, I, I think he's gone and Nick Muse just hasn't done enough to distinguish himself to make the team. So it, it'd be either Davidson or Muse or practice squad can uh, get on the practice squad, but I'm not sure which one it would be, whether the Vikings I would want to go with Muse. Yeah. I mean, Muse is a, was a, is in his first year, whereas Davidson is in his second. And if, you know, Davidson is two years into the fat, into having trouble catching the ball. Yeah. They might just say that's enough. We've seen enough. Uh, goodbye, Zach. Thanks for the memories. Uh, we're going to, we're going to develop Nick, Nick Muse. I think you're, you're probably correct about that. Mm-hmm. Drew as I think it's 16, but I will verify that after the show and let you know. Um, Nick Muse had a good, uh, at least one good catch last week. I think it was two, and uh, he showed, and he is more the blocking type, like Ellison. But if they can develop that, you know, the run and catch stuff, I I fully think they're going to go the Muse route versus the Davidson route. I think Davidson um, screwed up royally, and it's going to cost him. Now to the wide receivers. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. We have more disagreement here. You have, I put purple blocks by your choices. I put blue blocks by my choices that are different than our agreed to green block. We've both agreed to Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne. KJ Osborne came out this, thank you, Joseph, uh, came out this week with the three deep redux. Um, and hopefully that is the case. I want it to be the case. It should be very, very good. If you haven't seen the poster, let me see if I can find it real quick. It's it was sweet. a pretty sweet poster. It's sweet. Yeah, it is absolutely sweet, sweet, sweet. I know I downloaded it. Where did I put it? Boom. Um, and I was... You know, that was one of the pieces I may work on as a 3D version, but they came out with their own, and this is what it looks like. Boom. Let me shrink that down. Just like that. Is that not a piece of glory right there? Hopefully, they can live up to that. Yes. That is the question, isn't it? Pretty sure the guy in the middle can live up to whatever we, we <laughs> we've got in store for him. The other two, well, remains to be seen. Hey, you got to remember it was Moss, 
Carter and Reed. And the only real, you know, they were all so good. And I think these guys are all so good. It could be, it could be that. Now, where you and I disagree is you have BC Johnson making the team. And I only have for them keep the Vikings keeping five wide receivers. Whereas I have them keeping six. And BC Johnson is not one of those six. Nope. You've got I have them taking Jalen Naylor as a putt returner because he has done better than ISM has. And uh, Amir Smith-Marset is, is looking fantastic as a wide receiver, and he was a great putt returner in college, but he just has not shown it at all here. And we need a putt returner, and Jalen Naylor's done better. I'm going to take Jalen Naylor specifically for that punt returning job and uh, Tristan Jackson because he has shined throughout this camp. Uh, Both of them are rookies. If we have to get that far down in the depth chart, I want people with more upside than what B.C. Johnson has. B.C. Johnson's at his baseline. I don't see it. He's been around long enough. There's no real improvement. He's he's adequate. He's uh, um, you can trust him, but there's nothing special about his game. And it, like I said, if we get that far down in the depth chart, give us potential. Give me something to groom because we're in hurting status if we're three starting wide receivers down, right? So that's why oh, yeah. I chose the two rookies. Yeah, and I, I think that the BC Johnson, Jalen Nader, Tristan Jackson are, yeah, you could you could make arguments for any three of those making the team, uh, and flip them around. Uh, just uh, I, why my read has been that uh, BC Johnson has been mentioned as having, uh, and the, Tristan Jackson has also been mentioned as a, as a surprise kind of a guy who's really shown up and wasn't expected to. But uh, I've read BC Johnson's had a very good camp. Uh, he's uh, and again uh, brought up by. Wes Phillips talking about his versatility, how he likes to do all the dirty work. Uh, and uh, so I think that in this year when the Vikings are with, are expecting to compete, uh, I think they want to be comfortable with the guys in the bottom end of the, of the depth chart in case one guy goes down. They want to be feel good. They, again, you said, yeah, BC Johnson's got a baseline. And I think that, the, you know, Wes Phillips, Kevin O'Connell would rather have that baseline than gambling on what the baseline might Maybe. be with Jalen Naylor and or Tristan, Tristan Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, uh, and uh, and so, yeah, and I, I really haven't seen Jalen Naylor hasn't impressed me returning punts so far either, but he's going to get quite a bit of uh, hopefully he was going to get lots of activity tonight and, and maybe hopefully. and tonight tonight is going to be as we're he, gonna he has better is, stats than ism so far this yeah. preseason when it comes to returning punts and joseph is correct bc's on his last season whereas the rookies you have this one and three more you can have them. Yes. So. now on to the running backs this is no big surprise dalvin cook's the starter will be the starter should be the starter. Uh, so I say, so it shall be, and he shall stay healthy all season long, and nobody will complain. And He will set probably new records for himself, and everybody will go, wow. <laughs> yeah, and uh, 
this is a, is a, you know, we've got the Vikings keeping five running backs. That's a very uh, stacked running back room. Uh, but uh, running backs get hurt a lot, particularly Dalvin Cook. Uh, so you need capable guys to step in for when they get hurt. And I feel that the Vikings do have that right now. Ty Chandler is a keeper, whether he's running back three or running back for right now, I'm not really sure. Or Kenny Wong Wongu has, yes, yeah, he's, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Kenny Wongu has looked pretty good. Kenny Wongu has looked pretty good so far in preseason as well. Uh, and uh, CJ Ham, um, you know, uh, Kevin O'Connell, the Rams did not use a fullback very much at, or at all last year in their offense. But uh, that offense is very similar to the Kyle Shanahan offense in the 49ers, and Kyle Shanahan uses the fullback a lot. So uh, CJ Ham, I believe he's going to have a significant role in this offense. We're not sure what it is right now because he hasn't really played in preseason, but uh, Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips are going to find a way to use him. Hopefully not too many check down uh, screen passes to right. see to the hammer <laughs> though are check downs from on on uh-huh. on third and third and 15 third and nine yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um kevin o'connell said the re- yes he agreed the rams didn't use it a lot but he goes he didn't have a good one all right yeah yeah because cj ham is one of the best and so yeah. uh, they have been it's been reported cj ham they have plays for him he is in the first string offense they do practice with him He's he's going to stay. Um, Brian Kobach, I like. I hope he makes the uh, practice squad. But who knows? I do think uh, we know Ken A is going to make it. And, yes, I agree. Ty Chandler is an absolute keeper. It should be fun to watch him tonight, by the way. Yes. That brings us to the quarterbacks. We have another disagreement here. We both have Kirk Cousins starting. Like, no doubt, we're playing in, paying him a gazillion dollars. He's going to start. We both have Nick Mullins, the new signee, as his backup, because that makes sense. I have cut on my roster Mannion and Mond both. You have kept Mond. Here you go, Drew. Here's the disagreement. Why <laughs> have you kept Mond? I went back and forth on this all week, David. Actually, when I sent in my notes originally, I had Mon <laughs> not yeah. making the team, and then I reconsidered. And uh, it's it's a the Vikings are in a difficult spot here with Mon because uh, again he's he's improved this year compared to last year, no doubt about that, but not improved enough to be the backup. And uh, and really, if if you look at it, what has he done? I haven't seen anything from him in last preseason or in this preseason that indicates to me that that he's going to he can play he can be play quarterback in the NFL at a at a at a high enough level to be of any use. Um, the other thing is that the are the Vikings going to keep a third quarterback who, when he dresses, never plays any special teams, right? And also likely won't dress any Sunday the whole year. So you're kind of wasting a roster spot in, in that case and in, in, in on a team where, and maybe the coaching staff wants to use that roster spot on defensive line or offensive line, get one mm-hmm. extra guy that they can keep at positions where they, there's more of a need and there's more of an injury rate. So there's all of that to look at. The problem though, is that uh, the Vikings there's, I don't think that if the Vikings cut Mond, uh, I don't think that he they can put him sneak him on the practice squad. He's young enough. 
cheap enough and he has uh, the raw skills that some team and just a couple that come to mind would be the Seattle Seahawks or the Jacksonville Jaguars who don't really have a, a like a they don't have a strong quarterback room uh, the Jacksonville any, has as Lawrence but or they don't any have much team that, that fancied him going into the draft last year yeah quite a few teams were high on so I, th- I think that if you cut him, then uh, he's going to get picked up by some other team. You're not going to get him on the practice squad at all. And even if you do a week or two into the season, some team could pick him up and add him to the practice squad roster, and then he's gone. So I, I think that I think that the, 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 the O'Connell and the Vikings, me, if, if, roster, if roster spots were not an issue, I would keep Mond and give him a year to get developed because really this is his rookie year because last year was a waste, um, both – due to the fact that he got COVID and lost a whole bunch of weight and was sick for a while. And also because the Vikings invested, it appears no development time into him at all. Uh, so I think that, I think O'Connell are going to look at, they're going to look at the, they're definitely going to lose him. Uh, I think that they're going to say, Hey, let's give him one more year. He can learn under us. We can bring out the best of him, and then we'll see what we got in 2023. And so I think that they are going to keep him for those reasons. Uh, but uh, it is a, it's a difficult spot for Mond. And tonight, uh, if, but tonight, if he totally stinks it up like he did last week, I think that's it for him. Uh, but if he plays like he did against the Raiders, that keeps his roster spot. So a lot of it is dependent on a lot of what happens tonight, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. Joseph, you are 100% correct. Now, this is where I disagree. Um, I don't disagree with your logic. I think if we cut him, he's gone. I don't think he. I don't think we can squirt him on the practice squad. I don't think he would want to come back. I think there'd be plenty of other practice squads that would be offered to him, and he would say, hey, Minnesota didn't want me. I'm gone. I'll go see what I can do with somebody else. Secondly, um, I think... He's not shown me enough, even enough progress to where I want to waste that roster spot. I want to use that roster spot someplace else. But that's just Dave. That's me. I don't think he's going to develop into an adequate backup quarterback in this league. And I think that's his only potential. I don't see him going far enough to make to become a starter. He's to me, seems too slow. He's got arm talent, yes, but he just doesn't he doesn't process it. Kirk Cousins, I talk about Kirk Cousins' mental pro- issues when it comes to football. Processing it isn't Kirk Cousins' fault. It's when things go off script that Kirk Cousins goes wrong. Well, we don't even get to that point with Kellen Mond. It's a process. Am I looking at my number first read? Is he covered? No. Yes. How about the second? How about the third? <laughs> Do I need to look off the safety? <laughs> right? I'm holding here. And by this time, he's got people in his yeah. face, and it's it's just not going like Fast I would enough. suspect it to be. That's my reasoning. That's why I get rid of him. I figure next year we're going to draft a quarterback anyways, uh, eventually Kirk Cousins' replacement. I want to see that effort focused on him. We keep Kirk Cousins next year. Kirk Cousins could be the starter. But I want to uh, see any development go to that guy that's going to be replacing him. 
because I don't think Kellen Mond is ever, ever going to replace Kirk Cousins as a quality starter. So nice to know you. Sorry about your luck. Move on. That's my opinion. I do not keep him, but I may be wrong. I've been wrong before. That brings us to our last group, the specialists. We all agree we've got three. Um, the only thing is that Kevin O'Connell says, you know, they're going to keep looking when it came to – he came down to Ryan Wright, and they selected let Barry go this week, kept Wright. I like Wright. Wright has a leg. He may not have quite the control that uh, Barry had, but supposedly for most of the camp they were dead even. Plus, we know he can boom it. I watched the clip of him booming it like 70 yards. And I love and like the fact he wears 66. That he's a fat, chunky dude. He's six foot three, weighs 250 pounds, and he wears 66. Yes. I think it's fabulous that he does that. So, and we know Greg Joseph is in looking as of right now, like he's going to have an outstanding season. And Andrew, the, the, why do I have a problem? The Paola, um, is, uh, he's our own snapper. Yeah, he's your long snapper, and he's been fun. So they didn't, even, yeah, they didn't even bring any competition the entire off season nope. for him. So, nope, nope. yeah, I think yeah, Wright's the only guy there. Uh, if if uh, depending on again, he's the punter right now, but uh, the Vikings could uh, with cuts coming, the final cuts coming, uh, and uh, get Austin cutting back from the Air Force. Yeah, and not only that, yeah, draft. Why not draft him in the yeah, fifth round? Yeah, he's no longer be a second it. lieutenant by now, which means he makes better decisions, not good ones, but better ones. So um, if the, the Vikings, uh, if Quasi Adolfo Mensa and and uh, Matt Daniels see a punter that gets uh, released that they like better than Wright, Wright might not be the right guy either uh, a week from now. So yeah, but I, I suspect they'll be right. We'll see. Yeah. Um, you wanted to talk about the last of these guys. Well, just based on uh, I just I th- one thing I wanted to like final thing that I wanted to mention with the final 50, 53 is that uh, and uh, Drew Button is going to go nuts when I bring this up because uh, <laughs> as well. But uh, based on our picks, Dave, uh, th- we've got those guys pictured right there. As Viking uh-huh. fans know, were the four th- three uh, four draft picks in the third round that Rick Spielman made in, mm-hmm. in the twenty twenty one draft, and they're all picked pretty high in in the third round and uh and based on our uh view of the who makes the 53 right now two of those four chas surratt and wyatt davis will not make will not make the team uh two years after they were selected and kellen mond is pretty iffy too so it's quite possible on tuesday that patrick jones will be the only third rounder from that year's draft class that is still on the Vikings active roster and Rick Spielman picked them all. And that is pretty, pretty ugly uh, group of selections there in your third round. If after just two years, uh, two years later, three of the four are no longer on your team. Just thought I'd bring that up. Hey, Ermin side dude. Um, I suspect Mullins will play. I I haven't heard that for sure, but I I would if I was I'd wager you a beer that he would play. He's going to play. So and thanks for joining us. First time I've seen you. Um, yes, welcome. 
Yes, it could be interesting. I think Jones is going to make it. So at least 25% of that third round will continue. But it's quite possible that three out of the four tonight's their last game in purple yeah. for the Vikings. That brings us to our favorite time of the show. Beer time. Speaking of beer, Lake Monster has a new brew out this week. Mm. It is a Belgian golden ale. And there is the description written for you. It is a golden oat Belgian ale brewed with Bohemian Pilsner malt. We need a little queen playing in the background, a little rhapsody. Um, Malted oats for a creamy body, fruity Belgian ale yeast, a touch of lotus hops, provided complexity and a hint of orange on tap and in crowlers now. Uh, This got to be absolutely outstanding and refreshing. I would go for it in an absolute heartbeat. Aaron, There's I agree. a whole bunch of play. beer on Lake Monster I'd go for in a heartbeat, David. Well, it's going to be on your way. Now, yeah, speaking of Lake Monster, here's what they have on tap. You see that golden oat Belgian ale? It is uh, wonderful. The guys, the guys being Matt Anderson and Miles Gorham, were down at Lake Monster Brewery yesterday. They enjoyed that purple rain. That was the first time, and they both absolutely loved it. So if you're in the St. Paul area or in the viewing area where you can get it at your local package store, liquor store, grocery store, wherever they sell it in Minnesota, try the purple rain. It's going to be outstanding, and I guarantee you that gold note Belgium just looks fantastic. Um, It should be good. I talked to Matt Lang, the brewmeister, today. He told me he's got some goodies uh, prepared for September and October, and just to wait, it should be awesome. One of those is obviously going to be an Oktoberfest. Yes. Uh, General reminder, if you are in Canada, near Orleans, Canada, we have East Side Jiu-Jitsu uh, opening up. Our very own Jason Brown, man of renown, is one of the instructors there. They do everything uh, from Jiu-Jitsu to uh, more grappling to uh, yoga to women's this and stretching and stuff for kids and stuff like that. So if you like to get your Physical and in shape with uh, martial arts of jujitsu, and you live in the Orleans area, check it out. Brand new, gonna be great. That brings us to theme three. See you, Mary. Yeah, um, thanks for tuning in, Mayor. The game tonight, preseason game three. And yeah, we just wanted to touch a little bit on this, David, before before we left. And uh, uh, tonight's the final preseason game of the preseason. Uh, probably the, the starters are not going to be many starters playing. Uh, maybe Ed Ingram will be 
only one really. Um, Gambina might get a little bit of work. He's been getting a little bit of work every every game, so that could be the case. But um, Kevin O'Connell said in, said in his presser again that really his view was that uh, you know uh, again uh, I think he said like uh, getting getting for the vets who've been around a while mm-hmm. ten to twelve snaps. Uh, he didn't really know if, see if there was any see if there was much value in putting them in the game and getting that one. They were getting uh, and they had kind of a scrimmage like uh, they went over various situations at uh, mm-hmm. at U.S. Bank Stadium this week as one of their big practices. Plus they had uh, again the, the the joint practices with the 49ers, which he felt well, it was a lot of one-on-ones and he felt uh, got the starters the reps that uh, valuable reps and that they don't seems like he doesn't feel they need them in preseason so we're not going to see very much of the starters if at all um, one guy that and it's going to make for some sloppy sometimes boring football I think um, Aaron was talking about hey let's play Mullins because uh, <laughs> you, know, you know fans got to be interested about it and we definitely are interested in seeing what Mullins will look like in in the Vikings uniform and in this offense, so um, that'd be one of the things to watch for tonight. Will Mellons play? If he plays, how much does he play? Mm-hmm. And when he plays, if he plays, uh, like what does he look like in this offense? Uh, like how smooth does the offense run compared to what it looked like under Mond and Mannion? Um, I'm just not convinced that he will play, David. He may uh, they may take this extra uh, two weeks, bring him up to speed. O'Connell got asked about this in his presser as well, and he really, he, the, what he said, he didn't say definitely no, but he did point out that, hey, Mullins has already played in three preseason games with the Raiders. He's already got a lot of snaps. Uh, we'll, we'll, we don't want to put him in a situation like a, uh, where uh, you know, you know, it's not fair to him because he just got in this week and he doesn't really know the playbook all that much. I get the feeling that, he probably we won't see him tonight. And really, if the Vikings are deciding if they're going to keep a third QB, particularly are they going to keep Kellen Mond, then really you should be giving him, you know, uh, giving him the bulk, the, of, the snaps. The bulk of the snaps, and uh, and and you know, and not wasting a series or two on Mullins when you know what you got with Mullins anyway, and you know he's the backup. So uh, I'd like to see Mullins in the game again just to see how the offense functions with him and how comfortable he looks with the offense, but I get the feeling that we're not going to see him tonight. Uh, and the, that, so that's a bit of a, be a bit of a downer, I think for fans, cause they want to see what the new toy uh, looks like. Right. Um, exactly. But I'd uh, like to see what the old toys look like, the number ones, but we got to wait yeah, two more weeks. That's right. Yeah. So there's, there's the Mullins thing. We'll, we'll see on that. Otherwise we already talked in our roster spot about there's various backup end of the roster decisions that are we going to look for, you know, uh, uh, like Troy Dimick, does Troy Dye make the team or not? Does Jess Rott make the team or not? Uh, like again, you know, uh, all these linemen, do they make the team or not? That, that's right. Randall, Udo, Ali, uh, yeah. Davis, you got yep. Surratt, um, Nickerson, Boyd, mm-hmm. you know, I suspect Boyd will make it, you know, who knows? You come down to BC. Um, Jalen Naylor. Yep. Are these guys going to make it? That's what's going to make watching tonight fun for me, besides drinking, is I'm going to be watching these guys. Are they going to stand out? Are they going to have a good game? Are they going to Naylor? I specifically want to see him returning punts. Right, 
uh, Tristan, um, Jackson. I want to see that flash that we've been reported about. I want to see him step up. BC, I know BC. I'm not worried about BC. I want to see those guys do that. Does, does Ole make a case? No, you got to keep me, right? I am, I'm good. You know I can play guard relatively well, except for my holding problems. Keep me, you know, as a tackle. This is what I'm looking for in this game. I'm looking at individual players. I'm looking to see how they do, and are they making a statement that, no, you cannot live without me. You've got to keep me. And that's what I want to see. The one other, I guess, backup that uh, I'm pretty interested in is is uh, Austin Schlotman. Yeah. Uh, last when the Vikings signed him, I remember we both talked about it, Dave. Mm-hmm. You, you showed the graphic of his PFF grades, which yeah, were they horrible. Were and I was just like, why did we? sign this guy like why did we pick him up i thought he was a camp body nothing more had no chance of making the team but last week he played pretty well at center uh and, and his PFF not just last grades, week he did in the first yeah. week too and his pff grades were through the roof last week mm-hmm. again he's not playing against the ones we all know that but it's still if he was sucking against the twos and the threes yeah okay get rid of him but when you're dominating in a lot of cases against those backups, that is a good sign. And that indicates that you probably should make the team. Uh, And so the way he's played, if he has another strong game tonight, that at least makes me feel better that the Vikings have a, have a, some of a viable plan B at center in case Garrett Bradbury really struggles like he did last year. And then we had to go to Mason Cole and Cole outplayed him when he was in there. And uh, so I'm really interested to see how Austin Schlotman, if he builds on what he's done in the previous two games. Well, and Schlotman's the same size, almost identical to Garrett Bradbury, but Schlotman does better in pass pro. And like I said, it all comes down to sneak technique and how you're doing it and whether you're playing it right. And I like Schlotman as a backup center. As of right now, I want to see him continue that tonight he is one of the guys I'm going to be watching because I want to see how he plays. And uh, along with T.Y. McGill on the other side, I think T.Y. McGill, I hope he just demolishes the Broncos. Well, he's been see, demolishing. Stories like that. He's been demolishing the, he demolished the Raiders and the 49ers offensive line. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, and the Broncos offensive line is not what we would call a strong unit. Right. Uh, so, uh, but so Schlotman is a guy. Uh, the other thing that I guess is uh, that too bad he for me. Play. Yeah, that's right. Uh, one the, I guess the final thing about this preseason game is as sloppy and as boring as it might be at times is that the, the Vikings have, and we've talked about how last week about how what does you know what does preseason games really mean, right? Uh, really, not a whole lot on wins and losses. The um, the uh, I'm trying to think of the the somebody's gone three and zero that uh, this preseason. I got to look at my notes here, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's teams but, that have gone three and zero, and well, like the, the Texans have gone three and zero in preseason. And do we uh, the expect Giants, anything the, from them this year? No, no, no. The Giants and Jets currently are two and zero, and I think they play each other tonight. So, but those are those teams. Uh, but everybody expects those teams to be the dregs of the league, and they probably will be. Uh, so preseason winning in preseason doesn't mean a whole lot. But the Vikings went zero and three last year in preseason. They're zero and two in preseason right now. Uh, Kevin O'Connell has 
got a plan. That's clear. It's oh, yeah. uh, he trusts his vets. He and trusts the work deviated. they're getting. He's not deviated. He trusts the work they're getting in in training camp, in the joint practices, and everything else. He's giving uh, and uh, he's prioritizing reps in practice over reps in preseason games, and he's prioritizing the health and fresh and uh, health of those vets and his team over winning in preseason. So he's he's not doesn't and in pre in the press conferences he does not look one bit worried about what's going on and the fact that they're zero two. Uh, I'm not worried at all, but. Uh, I just, I don't know. I would feel a little queasy if we go 0-3 with a new coaching staff uh, going in into playing that team from Wisconsin in September 11th. I just think it would be nice to win that one last preseason game, go in off on a little high, and and then you're then you're cooking with gas. It doesn't seem like a big thing, but uh, I just I, I don't want to see us to go 0 and 6 the last two preseasons. Uh, uh, speaking of terrible preseasons, uh, the Lions just won their first preseason game last week since 2018. I didn't realize it, it had been it was that bad over there. But <laughs> but anyway, I just it'd be nice to see the Vikings get a win tonight. Uh, it would as as, me- as meaningless as the game is, and and the fact that there's going to be the starters have played virtually no meaningful snaps in any of the games so far. I agree with you. Uh, I think it would be cool to see a win, but like I said, I look forward to this for watching the players, and we will do that. Um, should be fun. Are you going to get to watch the game tonight? I am. I am. Uh, it's on at the 7 p.m. here in Yellowknife, so I'll, be, I'll have it turned on to the NFL Network, and we'll be watching it. And uh, It yeah. is a late, um, Muhammad, it is a late game. I was hoping it would be on local TV. It's not on local TV here. I will watch it on NFL Network, just like you, and it should be fun. Now, what we've got coming up after this right, is we have the game. We both will be watching live. If you want the opportunity, friends of the show, Ted and Drew, along with the Grand Poobah, Mr. Christopher Gates, are going to be broadcasting live for you to join in in a watch party of the game on Vikings. Oh, Update. I suggest that you go over there, watch the game. If the game gets boring, you'll at least enjoy the laughs, and it's a good show. And then once- they also give out prizes. Oh, that's right. They do give out prizes, and good prizes at that. Yeah. Besides a mug with Ted's face on it. Um, that Bruce. one I can do without. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good show, and it's fun to watch, and I. I highly recommend that you guys go over there and watch it. And tonight they have two special guests. I have no idea who those are, but it should be fun to watch. Then in the final two minutes, and uh, somebody was asking, I think Donnie was. Yes. Climbing the Pocket goes live. In our postgame show, the final score. How'd they do? We're going to find out how they did. It's going to be me, most likely Tyler Fornis, and Jonas from Germany joining us to go over how all these guys did. Hopefully outstandingly. 
So we shall see. Yes, Aaron, just another excuse to drink. You got beer up there. Uh, I'm going to be switching from beer. I've got my two primer beers. I will be going a little bit harder during the game. And uh, so we can talk sackles on the post-game show. Whiskey, bourbon, or tequila. Or tequila. The beer I'm drinking is a uh, is a uh, called Nido Bandito. It's brewed in Dallas. It is a lager. Ted will watch this on a rerun. Yes, Ted, I'm drinking a lager. It's not an IPA. It's a lager. It's more like a Mexican lager. Tastes more like that. Drinking that right now. It's going to prime me for some good tequila as we go on from there. And then we have the game. So until then, stay safe. Get ready for the game. Watch the players you like. And join us for the post-game show, The Final Score. Catch Drew and Ted in between. Any last words, Darren? Let's get this show rolling. Dave, not our show. It's uh, been rolling for well over an hour, but the Vikings 2022 show rolling. After tonight, we got a few days. We did it like just over a week, and then we're into like real football. So getting yep. even more excited than I have been all of the past four weeks. Let's go. Let's roll. Absolutely. What do we say? We say Skull Vikings, baby. Skull Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.